What's up, man? This ain't gonna throw you off. What's really going on, everybody? <laughs> Episode number 41, second time recording this technical difficulties. But I'm no alliance. gotta bring up it. Nah, no alliance. Henry Woods checking in. Checking in once more. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms. That includes Twitter, underscore WRGO, Instagram, what's really going. YouTube, subscribe. Be sure like, comment, share that. Also, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, review, share on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the OG SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Also, we have a live show coming up. Live show on Goddamn, you know what I'm saying, about two weeks from now, two February 12th, 7 p.m. at the Southeast, Southeast DC Public Library. Make sure you be there. Beat us there. Beat us there. Drip coming. We're going to come with the custom Oh, we're going to have a carrot there, a custom merch. We have stickers, you know what I'm saying? If you pull up, you might can win one or something. All right. Um, yeah, Come man. With a bang. Yeah, make sure you're there. We would definitely appreciate you yeah. being there, you know? So now we're going to get into this, all types of this political news. So the big thing that's going on is impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Uh, there's a lot been going on. So earlier this week, the House managers, they finish up their arguments with Trump's lawyers. They close their opening arguments. Uh, what was notable that Trump's lawyers finished their argument uh, earlier this week. Uh, they had some interesting claims. They kind of had some falsehoods. So they basically claimed that uh, they that the House managers and the Democrats, they didn't have anyone who had firsthand knowledge of it. No one testified who spoke directly with Trump. They said that Biden and his son were worth investigating. And they also said that former Trump employees, i.e. John Bolton, Henry's going to get into him later, mm-hmm. um, that they weren't that basically that we should ignore them because they're trying to sell books and that they're just trying to get media attention. Um, the Q and a portion is probably going to end tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday night. Um, both sides will be able to ask questions for a total of 16 hours. And after that, they should be able to either vote on witnesses. And if that gets shut down, they will then take a actual vote on whether to, uh, acquit or just kind of say, you know what, we're, we're good. He can stay in office. So Henry, uh, how do you feel about all this? A lot's been going down with impeachment. Wait, a quit is him getting the, the, boot. the boot. I thought that was removed. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Putting my head down for that. Fact checker Henry on the case. Uh, but how do you feel about all of this information? It's a lot going on, and it's hard to pay attention to. Uh, the impeachment trial is like, have you watched any of it this week? Uh, no, right. I'll be honest. No, um, the way I've been tuning into this impeachment is, um, you know what I'm saying? I may, I have like major news sources like New York Times, Washington Post, like CNN, MSNBC, like all of those like news updates come to my phone directly. So like, I'm up to date because they reported every five seconds, like what's going on. Right. Um. So like stuff, I'm like, ooh, this is curious. How like tune in, whatever. Because like basically, what I have been mostly paying attention to is the Republicans trying to block a lot of like evidence and witnesses possibly coming in, like providing factual evidence. Right. Um. Like John Bowen, they have been trying to block that for sure. Um. But and he basically claimed that. He would have their. He was his, his former national security advisor, and he claims that Trump specifically said 
withhold the money until they investigate or announce that they're going to investigate the Biden's. He claims that Trump directly said that to him. Right. So, like, if he experienced that encounter with Trump. That's firsthand. Firsthand, he's a key to, like, bringing us together. Because, like, like we said, they are now focusing mostly on, like, Article 2 because they can build a case case around that. that. Right. Abuse Um, of power. Right. So, like, it's interesting to see how it's playing out because I did listen to like some of the argument and then I read this article that basically said Republicans are the show Trump puts on every day like the economy is great I'm helping the right, people yeah. and blah 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 um, they're using basically doing the same thing with their argument um, saying that he's actually acting in a presidential manner he's protecting the country yeah. acting within his slight legal rights so and nothing he's done is Right. Everything is, you know, nothing, you're right. Everything's <coughs> within the scope of what his job is. The scope of his employment, whatever. Um, so, like, like, it's just kind of hard to talk about because they're hard to talk about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, I just hope that the, they vote to have witnesses. I definitely hope John Bolton is able to speak, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Without making a face. complete show of it. Right, because yeah. that's the thing that happens with these impeachments or like these political ordeals they become both sides get their both sides get their say so one side could treat it like we're going to treat this professionally and the other other side side i'm just gonna bang pots right they're just over there causing a lot of distractions so the context the meat all the good stuff gets lost Right. Um, and they're going to be the loudest voice in the room, literally. which is always going to get coverage. Right. So it's like that again. They have been in the news talking. Yeah. Um, even like Mitch McConnell, he'd be like making you confused sometimes because like this man is just being difficult the right, whole right. process. Um, so, I mean, like, like being that I haven't been as tuned in as much, I will say like um, the fact that like new evidence could possibly come to light that could allow this to like build a case and implicate him to be guilty and he could possibly remove it like opens my mind to a different like you know what I'm saying perspective yeah. on it because I've had my mind made up. I'm like, brother he not of course going. he did. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I know what happened, but I also know American. I know it and all of that. Like I'm just thinking like using my own personal logic. So um I mean I I am kind of interested to see what happens, even though I feel a certain type of way. I'm kind of like, I might tune in next week when they start questioning people and bring the witnesses up. Like, just to see what You happens. know what I'm saying? Just to see it. So, yeah. Everyone should keep an eye out on that. We'll definitely, for the live show, have uh, a lot of updates. It is worth, uh, it is important to note that uh, the State of the Union is scheduled for next week on Wednesday. Um, so Trump, February 5th, 5th, um, that could be crazy because Trump can't help himself. So if they, let's say if they vote to have witnesses and Trump is still undergoing an impeachment trial. Oh, you know, he about to go in there acting a fool. And Nancy Pelosi going to be right behind him. Or he gets acquitted and then he has to go in front of a a house, he has to sit in the house that impeached him. Um, Bro, he gonna act the fool regardless. So I think right, but so that's either way is gonna be. I actually and might he might watch even say like one. he like yeah I did it. 
But I actually I'm good. might watch this but one. But I'm good. What y'all gonna do? I actually, what well, one thing he is gonna do for sure is, uh, you know, what I'm saying, rile us up to vote, rile him up to try to His get him base, back in office, yeah. saying like, y'all see see what they're doing to try to get me out of here. So I think that's really important to note because he can use that to his detriment or to his advantage. But true time will tell how that works out. Um, so now we're going to move on to the next topic uh, in food for thought. Uh, on, on a sadder note, uh, this was a rough weekend for everybody, um, no matter if you were a basketball fan or not. Uh, on Sunday uh, morning, everyone got the news that Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others uh, tragically passed away in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, outside California. Uh, this sent social media and kind of the general news world into what I would say probably the most kind of chaos in within like an hour kind of span, which I can remember in recent times. Um, I know, like, what are your kind of thoughts in terms of how do you feel about his passing or just kind of the response to it or the social media response to it and trying the trying to gather information. Um, just kind of what are your general thoughts on kind of everything that happened? Um, before like we proceed, I'm going to name the other victims. Please do. Y'all know I'm terrible with names. Okay. So I apologize to the family and loved ones of these individuals ahead of time. John Atabelli, his wife, Carrie, their daughter, Alyssa, Mother and daughter Sarah and Peyton Chester, Christina Mauser and pilot Ari Zabayan, Zobayan. Um, it was shocking to say the least because yeah. I literally like woke up, did my thing. And then check Twitter, like, just, you know what I'm saying, struggling. Like, I literally was, like, holding my phone, like, huh? Because, like, all I kept seeing was, like, reactions. I didn't know what who happened had, yet. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm just, Rick Fox 2, and yeah. oh, my God. And we're, we're, I'm we're, like, we're, what? We're, like, hold on, wait, pause. We're going to get into that. So I Googled, like, Kobe Bryant died. And next thing, Kobe Bryant comes in there. Like, I'm like, what? What the? Who and y'all like people know like my friends. I'm not a basketball person. Like never was, never would be. I'm not a sports person. I don't care about this stuff. However, like Kobe is bigger than basketball. Like yeah, it was like he was because type of thing. He, right. It was like a mentality type of thing. Because I will say this. Um, bit like again, he wasn't like my childhood hero or nothing like that. I, right, he was just a familiar name, and I knew he played basketball, and he was always with the late. I knew that, but like in these recent past days, and I'm gonna speak on this on two sides. Okay. I have learned a lot about like the Mamba mentality. Yeah, just him kind of how he was, um, how he was wired. Right, he was determined, very, very a focused. very determined, focused, hardworking man, like. Me, myself, it's people I, like, identify with in the world who are doing great things. And it's like, the, the quality, their character, their mentality, I admire that. And that's what I aspire to be. So I can truly understand why people, you know what I'm saying, feel so hurt by it. Because he made a great impact. And that's why I say he's great in basketball. Because his impact wasn't 
just this it basically taught you to if you want something work very hard to get it perfect your craft perfect your craft right and work perfect and work tirelessly to do it and i think as someone who basketball is my favorite sport um i think i was i wasn't personally the biggest kobe fan because you know like you and i both grew up on the east coast True. So when they were playing games, it's ten thirty. I'm not a seven year old kid staying up till like one a.m. trying to watch Laker games. So I think, um, but if I mean we were both born in '95, so I think for kind of the kids of the mid '90s, he was kind of one of those figures that you look toward as like he was kind of one of the foundations of you trying to get it introduced to this sport. Where I think even it's, it's like the big three. I said it's Kobe, it's Allen Iverson. And LeBron, you don't from have the nineties, or just kind of for kids of the nineties who then grew up where we are now. Where I think the biggest influencers in terms of who has the biggest impact on kind of the culture, it was for us. I mean, for people like myself who were like basketball, it was Allen Iverson growing up and Kobe and LeBron. Well, took- that's why I said for the nineties because like Allen Iverson and Kobe, yes. Those two, like, I'm, saying, again, like, I'm for not 95 a, for baby for children of the 90s. LeBron is like 2000s, but he came into the league when I was seven and I grew up with him. Okay, maybe because I'm not a basketball right. person, I did. So I'm like, saying, like, yeah. like Kobe's first couple years, people our age didn't see, but we felt like we grew up with him because right. he was around since we were young. The same way I feel about LeBron. Right. I remember when he came into the league, I remember him being on magazine covers before he was in the league. So I think that for Kobe and LeBron specifically, like you said, they've assumed roles that are they're basketball players, but they do more. They represent a mindset. For Kobe, it was I'm so determined to be great at whatever I do, whether it's basketball, filmmaking. We've learned so much stuff about how he's a super dedicated father. And I think yeah, we're like for LeBron, it's like I'm a basketball player, but I, I also want to control my own narrative as a black man who is successful. I don't want other people controlling my stuff. I'm also a entrepreneur and I'm also an activist trying to change my community. And I think that for what Kobe said, it shows that basket that just some an athlete can have a greater in basketball can take the form of many different things. Right. And speaking of them to um Kobe's last tweet. Was to LeBron. Was to LeBron basically saying like record. keep the fight and legacy going. Yeah. And that was just, so like And he beat his record in Philly, which is where Kobe's. And started. then it's like, like people are so crazy because like he uh he LeBron talked to him that night. Yeah, he said the uh, called. And then he wrote on the side of his like shoes like uh KB live forever, something oh, like yeah. that. And then I brought like what's like just Oddly enough, the next day, an unfortunate event happens. So it's just like crazy how stuff happens. And that's one thing why this like death is making like such a huge impact too. It was just so like a helicopter crash. It was so sudden and unexpected. Like I haven't been shocked like that in a long time. That's what I'm saying. Like most like when you think about death, you think about a a formality, like sickness or like something like that. But a helicopter crash, it makes you open your mind up. Well, I'll say this for myself. At least for the past couple of days, I have literally been waking up like, Henry, you woke up this morning. Like, that's a blessing. Because to me, I'm looking at, like, death, like, you never know. Yeah, and I think. And I want to 
tournament. I don't want to make this about myself at all. It just opened my mind to a bigger, bigger yeah. person. And I think because my prayers are really with his family. Yeah, that's a lot for his, especially his wife. And his, they just had a baby and their children. I mean, Did, Jesus Christ. So I think you know, and I think it's it's crazy because I think a part of it was also because. It's the Mamba mentality. It's Kobe did all this stuff to preserve his career, whether it was he was old, he tore his Achilles, and he came back and he played great. And I think it was kind of like the Kobe versus time, like Mamba versus time. And it's so unfortunate that it's like death is the thing that does him in, where he had all this stuff to live for. And I think it just proves kind of the fragility of life where it's like, you know, at any moment, it could all be over. And for someone like Kobe, who tried to preserve so much and get the most out of that time, it's sad that he had to die or that, you know, that he had to. It was such a he, tragic that way. That he passed away right, so young in such a right. tragic way. With right, his he was only 41. Um, all right. So we got to get into this because, one, like we didn't share our personal feelings about how we feel, right? Okay. One, it pissed me off that it was like so much false news around it because when again when I first Google allegedly his four daughters I'm like what the no nah, bro no nah, bro you're like like you're you're like his four like I heard that ABC said it and several other news sources went with it and it was like journalists were not being responsible in this time period especially for. Like a tragic. I mean, Twitter, time. Was, Twitter was a Twitter was a mess. I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about actual new. I was I did I got off Twitter. I read several articles that alleged his four daughters were dead. You can you can I'll, you can come at it from that side. I'll come at it from. But it was also the same thing of like credible news sources were like putting stuff out there that they didn't that, that they didn't know out. what the they was talking about, and that pissed me off. But I think that pissed me off. I think this is a lesson in two things. I think it's a lesson for reporters to not do rush. their damn due diligence, especially right, or, with stuff like this. Like it's when it's a death, you can't just, especially for a superstar like this. I'll just say this. I think it's a lesson in focus on being right before being first. Because you can be first and be wrong. You can be first and be right. But if you're first and wrong, that has more implications than anything else. Because TMZ broke the story and no one else could do it, but TMZ was right. That's what, And that's what I was about to say next. T- because TMZ got a lot of flack. And that's what I don't understand because they were saying that the family wasn't notified yet or something like that. However, at least they fact check. I don't know how. I mean, I think, but they fact check because it was all these other news sources saying four daughters, and then I see TMZ say one daughter, I'll say Gianni. That. I'll say, and that. it's like, okay, this this is unfortunate. This could be believable because when you read the story of how it happened, they were on their way to like a basketball game or something. But we later found out, yeah, right. So is like. TMZ is a good example of that. They put out the tweet that said Kobe Bryant reportedly dies in a helicopter crash. They went silent. They didn't. They didn't try to give continuous updates. They come back. 
they say it's confirmed that his daughter Gianni was on the ghost island again. I think, for, in terms of, I mean, granted, we're not journalism majors, like let's make that clear. But I think from their perspective, they did it. Even though you can make the ethical case of like, well, should they have let the family be notified? But I also kind of think that who gave them that information? Someone either the close to the family or they or, work with the feds. That's it has to be it had to have been someone either who works for the police department, the first responders, somewhere along the line. But that's that the thing. That's the it, thing it, about it, it journalism, got, got though. I'm not a journalist, but let's say I am a journalist and I'm trying to break these stories. But TMZ had an inside source. That's what and I'm gonna have my right. sources yeah, as a journalist. And they literally proved their thir- like they were thorough. They had a confirmed they didn't, they didn't, source. They did not miss. Right, they had a conformance, and that's why I don't understand why TMZ gets so much like backlash about it. Like it was a petition, <coughs> excuse me, with over fifty thousand signatures saying that TMZ should be shut down. For what? Because they didn't let the family know first, or what? Allegedly, I, I mean, don't know. I'll say this: that's a that is a. I feel for the family in finding out that a loved one past on social media i like right. that's terrible it is terrible to not be kind of notified through official channels or to not be notified in the proper way i think that is a unfortunate result of this but i think that tmz would then probably say we have a responsibility to do and they would also say that look at everyone else who was jumping on this and was wrong we I don't think what they did was wrong. That's no, no, no. I'm saying like I'm saying, saying they would probably say other outlets. They would say we at least got the damn story right. And we didn't be speculative and just making up stuff. But I also think that gets to just other journal like we talked about. Like don't rush to be right. Don't rush to be first, rush to be right. And if that means you waiting 20 minutes. You wait that damn 20 minutes. You wait that 20 minutes and check your sources and make sure it is confirmed, which is why I think it's also important on us and people who have these social media platforms, like, which I think it sucks that it was like verified and like very what we would consider like respected media. But I think at least on Twitter, I only followed a few people who I trusted to have it right, where it was certain sports reporters who I knew if they're putting this out. It must be true because they have built a reputation on being right. TMZ, for as much flack as they get, they're normally pretty on about stuff like this. They don't kind of miss on celebrity death and their history. On I really was just tuned out for a minute. No, and, and I think that's what we said when we posted kind of in memory of Kobe. We said this was all a bit too much. We're going to post the next day because we had to detach. Because it was overwhelming. It's still um, overwhelming because... Now we can talk about how it's become a viral trend. So, like, um, Ella L. Duncan, um, she shared her personal life story of um, me and Kobe. And she basically was saying, like, the first time she met him, how he didn't even speak. She, he just, like, I want to play the video clip for y'all, but it's kind of low and slow. Um, and then this playing from Henry's MacBook Air. And then Alexa. So I'm I'm trying to work with y'all, man. So like, um, basically she shared her personal story. I'm getting a clip queued up for y'all, uh, and then we can talk about. It. 
here you go. Great story of the one and only time she met Kobe Bryant. The story has inspired a social media trend called hashtag girl dad in honor of Kobe. And Gigi has been honored as well with a jersey from the Yukon women's basketball team. Stay tuned for all the details. Hey. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I apologize because that was, they literally titled that wrong when I watched when I watched it earlier, it was the video. But basically, Elle shared her personal story, Kobe. We'll tweet um, that out. We will, we will yeah, we will tweet, tweet the video. Tweet but she basically said he didn't even speak. He walked up to her and touched her belly and it was like, What are you having? And like, she was, he was so intrigued by the baby. And then it came out that like she was having a girl. And she's like, Oh, I love girls, and then like he, she asked her, but like, wouldn't you want a boy, Karen? Like he's like, no, I never want a boy, like that thing. So that turned into like this trend of everybody sharing this, like this girl dad. pictures of their daughters. Okay, I feel like a couple ways. So her personal story was great, heart touching, whatever. Um, she had to write a shit in story. The girl dad um, hashtag. hashtag is like, y'all making his death about y'all because his family is still grieving. They forced his wife to come out and make a statement. She was being harassed. Everybody kept tagging her on social media, kept mentioning her in this. It's like, dude. I didn't. I'm not aware of that, so I can't go that far. I witnessed it. Even, like, if you go into LeBron comments when he wrote that on on his um shoe, people wishing death and all of this on this man. Like, people are crazy, and that I don't understand. Y'all are so entitled the way y'all think y'all had a right to basically hold his family hostage and be like, tell me what's going. Like, no, nigga, what? Um. So that's my thing about the hashtag. It's cute. You're showing your appreciation, I guess, but you're making this about you. Like this man, this woman, Vanessa Bryant, just lost, and I not would, only her, but other families who were affected by this disaster. Like, um, I would say event. the two things can be separate, though. I, I guess that, I don't think people are using the hashtag and tag. I mean, people probably are. But I think the majority of I'm not saying people are using the hashtag and tagging her. I'm saying the hashtag itself is making his death about like who gives a fuck that your daughter of a dad. Good job. You should be a good parent. Half the time, y'all, especially like black men, y'all don't want daughters because y'all scared they're gonna become oversexualized and y'all don't want them to turn into this and all that. Like, and then y'all don't respect black women. We're gonna talk about this later on. Like during the uh, doc. So it's like, I have multiple reasons as to why I'm like, I don't like that hashtag. I think you're looking a little too deep into it. It's, it's, it's just... deep though, because like, bro, again, this, this man died in the most tragic way anybody can imagine. His wife just had a child like seven, eight months ago. So she's probably still dealing with postpartum. He, she not only lost her husband, but lost her daughter. The coach to her daughter's basketball team, those families are still grieving. Like, it is that deep to, in my life. This is my logic now. I, 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 because I, these I, people I, have to constantly wake up to a news alert. 
about tweets going viral, girl. Like, stop. I mean, I think you're looking too deep into it. But I think that just get that that gets to the issue of just detaching. I mean, not, yeah, not, you have to detach yourself from social media, internet. But I even, agree but with even, that. Even I feel like this conversation is getting us away from. It's spot on because that goes into the next thing I want to talk about. That damn reporter that got suspended. She tweeted out there. She didn't even have any context. She just tweeted out an article that was. Can you uh, give context? Well, I know what you're talking. about. Oh, I know. I got. Oh, I read all. Of, yes, but Felicia. To me, I don't think this is like. All of it ties together. People are having their personal agenda. This was personal. I what did she say? She basically said people should be remembered for them wholesales or something like that. Like what? I mean, me initially reacting to that, I think she's I don't know if she is, but my first reaction is that she's trying to make a case about Kobe being basically settling for sexual assault. Again, personal agenda. This man just died. He settled that case. Charges got clear. All that. Why the f- are you bringing it up in a time of his death? That was your personal agenda. You're pushing your personal agenda on this man's death. Like that's wrong. I don't care. Like that was like that Dr. Umar person. This was a setup, COVID. Like what? I think. <laughs> All it like all of these people are blowing, bro. I mean, I think it's like you focus on what you want to focus on. I think I haven't focused on that because I don't think it, it that doesn't matter to me. But I think that I think people always will try to get out their personal agenda of what they like someone. And I think as a general practice, it is good to tell. I think that should be. In Kobe's, in Kobe's imaginary book, in my head, that should be mentioned. That probably shouldn't be the main thing you mention, but I think that that is relevant. It goes in the book. It's not like, and I think that goes to like you know, we as black people don't like to speak ill of the dead. I, listen, if it hit, if y'all want to make a, but I also think like this, this conversation man. is getting us like away from. No, we. That's why actually, when we done sharing our personal thoughts on it, because I want to talk about the controversy behind the death. Because to me, y'all are making it people, not y'all, not our, not our fans. They know better. But for real, for real, like I just think like one reporters were. It was just a lot of BS behind. And then that knackers video. I mean, that's just that late. I wanted to play that because I did. Did you listen to it? How much time we got? What time we on? 31. I don't think we have it. I feel like this conversation is going. <laughs> it's going. Listen, no. we knew it was going to happen like this. However. Did we? No, I didn't. I did. I, did not I knew we was going to be on here forever. Y'all better be listening forever. But not for real. It's like, a, it's just a lot of controversy came behind us. And I, like, I guess I'm a just pessimistic person. I don't know. But when I see a problem. It irritates me, and I if I got a podcast speaking about issues, I'm gonna discuss them because, like, the reporters. Uh, I have to back up. Yelling. <laughs> I talk loud. I'm sorry because I was listening to the last episode, and I was like, I know these people tired of yelling, so I apologize. But for real, the reporters talking about the false information. Twitter talking about Rick Fox. That lady 
uh, tweet not that fast, not fast, just bad timing. The reporter who said the N-word and then tried to cover it up saying, I mix Knicks and Lakers. I mean, Laker. I mean, Girl, shut up. Uh, so it was just a lot. It was just a lot. It, it was just all happening in these past couple of days. And it was very, it was like, I really couldn't <laughs> process my own feelings because, again, I'm not a basketball person. I really don't care. So it was like, I, I'm like, dang, am I like disrespected? Like, I'm going to just step away. Like, I had to put my phone down because it was just like, ah. So, yeah, that's my spiel. You look so irritated. <laughs> I just don't know how we got here. I'm glad you brought up something that I didn't know or really think was relevant. Bro, all of that stuff had to be talked about in my personal opinion. If it don't, I mean, you could chop it and edit it, but. I, I can't. This is why we should have always have one dog. Because I would have mixed that. Uh, <laughs> all right, now I don't know where Henry's about to take this. All right, so big facts. We about to hit you with the big facts, big facts. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to get through this fast because this is a pretty, like, deep conversation, too. It dates back to, like, the 90s, probably before that. All right, so um, recently the Grammys aired the, what was the 61st, something like that. <coughs> um, But before the Grammys, Deborah Dugan, the former president and CEO, she released this, like, 44-page complaint. Um, to Equal Opportunity Commission accusing the Academy for retaliation and voting irregularities. irregularities. Um, and she also accused, um, well, the Academy accused Duncan of like being abusive and bullying and then Duncan accused somebody of like assault. So it's a lot of mess. If you want to get the deets and the breakdown, Time Magazine has this great comprehensive article of how the Grammys descended into the behind-the-scenes chaos. Because a lot. Because in her um like 44-page complaint, she basically alleges that like the Grammys is often rigged, which I mean we kind of know that. And she was like, it's incidents of conflicts that taint the results. Um she and like a big example that we all like were aware of she uses like the 59th um grammys example where album of the year adele's 25 won over beyonce's lemonade and like adele even got on stage and was like bro beyonce deserved it you know what i'm saying and like i want to talk about this in different levels but like a lot of people like drake and frank ocean and recently tyler Crane, like a lot of mainstream artists have announced like the, um the grammys because they tend to snub artists and like two thousand not just artists, black artists, women too. Because that's what I was about to say. In like two thousand um seventeen, the University of Southern California they did a study to where only nine percent of Grammy winners were female, and that includes writers, composers, producers, like all of that stuff. So um, it was a lot. So can I can I bring bring forth a count uh, not a counter but um, two things. What does her article point out that we already didn't know? That no, that's the thing. She well, she's basically an executive on the inside saying that all these things that we as artists, not artists, consumers and fans of music. We have presumed over the years, like this is going on. 
she's finally admitting it, basically. Or not admitting it, but she's bringing it to light. And they're supposedly doing this internal investigation and all of this stuff. So, like, even, like, this past year, like, the Grammys is infamous for bringing artists to perform, having them in several nominations, but they're not receiving anything. It just happened to Ariana Grande this Grammys. And, like, a lot of, like, media outlets decided to, to compare Ariana's experience to Mariah Carey um, in 96 um, for her Daydream album, which was, like, critically acclaimed and all the fans adored it. She performed. She was nominated for five in five categories. She went home with nothing. Same thing happened to Rihanna. And then Beyonce came and gave that great-ass performance. She was nominated in several categories, went home with nothing. So it was like they kind of using, pulling, they, they slave it. Like, they with people. Because if I'm an artist and I'm putting out my, uh, you know what I'm saying, music or art or whatever I'm putting out, and like, you are the gatekeepers of this industry, and I'm, constantly being snubbed when I know for a fact my sales are higher, my streams are higher, my concert um, sales are higher. Like, I'm just banking. But this little bitch over here, she on the come up and you want to get, like, what? I mean, I think it's... So, um, yeah, that's, like, the Grammys just need to work on their voting policies and need to change um the executives and how they're voting because basically a lot of executives in the music industry kind of take the voting because they're part of the president. So uh, yeah, I mean But I feel like I feel like this is like no different than the Oscars or like anything else. All of the India Ivory like, gave this great um like interview where she the government, corporate businesses, any like the Oscars, all of that stuff is held by these conservative older white men. I wouldn't even go that far. I would just say it's held by people who are not in the who are not in the sphere or just don't listen to the music that we do. So that part too, but they don't on a simpler level, there can be a thirty-five year old music executive who's white and young, but if they just don't disagree with you strongly. You can. But I mean, I just feel like it's like there. It's multiple things. I think it's the voting demographics, but also you can have if you're not tapping people who are in different spheres, then nothing's gonna then change. Nothing's gonna change. Yeah. And I feel like we go through this every time where it's like, oh, the Grammys are so this. Like I'm not gonna listen. But now, like I'm mad every year when the nomination. I was out. mad that I actually watched. Why did I watch? Because they did a tribute to Nipsey So, um. I just want to talk about this because for me, uh, I like music. It's cool. I do too. And I want my black artists to be, you know what I'm saying, recognized for their work and their hard work. So I think her report could potentially bring some change. You know? I also think other if other artists have that much of an issue with it, they need to speak more publicly about it. That too. That too. Because like Tyler Creative, for instance, he won Rap Album of the Year. And then did it after. That's but that he was, I, I get that. He I was kind of like just talking up there when he was accepting his speech, but like he did it in this after interview, basically saying it wasn't a rap uh, uh 
It wasn't a rap album. It wasn't a rap album. It was not a rap album. He basically said that my album transcends genres and they plug me in this one genre because I'm black. And he went on to say they try to do this urban thing. Nah, but listen to I mean, I get that. That that was cool, though. That I respect. Well, it's weird because he just started recognizing his black. But anyway, um, it is weird that they try to group all black people in the urban hip hop category. He says that it's annoying because all of us don't fit. Yeah. I mean, I think black people transcend genres more than anybody else. But I think that uh, artists themselves need to speak out about it, like big ones do. They need to call it out themselves because I think they're the ones who actually get ratings actually do bumps so if drake or beyonce said i'm not showing up until they diversify their voting pool that would make change not really because drake kind of he literally called them out on stage and they cut him off i don't recall that but that was like last year i didn't watch that i didn't either i just seen a clip on twitter but uh moving on yeah um terry cruz so hmm i want y'all to hear what he said actually and then i'll talk about it so I'm going to get this guy in on clip, and then I'll talk about your man's Terry Crews. But I'm pretty sure y'all have heard. Playing from Henry's MacBook Air. <laughs> Alexa, you know, my nurse today, bro. Please don't be a commercial. Internet actors love that. That's without controversy. Well, you guys, I guess we should ask you about the Gabrielle Union controversy. Of course, there are reports that her contract wasn't renewed because she reported um, a toxic atmosphere existed at the show. Um, you're at the show. Is, it, is, is there a toxic atmosphere? First of all, I can't speak for sexism because I'm not a woman, but I can't speak on behalf of any racism comments. That was never my experience on America's Got Talent. In fact, it was the most diverse place I have ever been in my 20 years of entertainment. The, 20, the top 10 acts were Asian women, yeah, whatever. He's just bullshitting on that. You don't hear how he said that. It was, he was saying it in such a manner to which he pissed me off. The reason that this is such a big deal or like it's controversial, whatever, is because back in 2017, Terry Crews alleged that a Hollywood exec, Adam Vinette, grabbed and squeezed his crotch at a party in 2016. Mind you, this was during the time where, like, Me Too was big and, like, a lot of women were calling out Hollywood execs and saying that they were assaulted. Terry Crews had an interview at this same specific time saying that the people who surprised me the most were black women. Black men did not have any part of it. All, All my support came from black women, straight up. He then went on to tweet and tagged Taraji B. Henson, Gabrielle Union, Ava DuVernay and several other big name people in black Hollywood have you um, saying, thank you for your support. I love you. You're truly my sisters. A year or two later, when Gabrielle Union is on this big, I don't want to say tour, but like basically calling out um, like discrimination in the workplace because she was allegedly fired because her hairstyles are too black. Um, and then among other things. So when she's going through all this controversy, you did not have to comment on it. You chose to go on today's show 
and basically refute everything she said. Like none of that, I ain't experienced it. This is the greatest place I've ever like. Worth he was like a worth, smart Alec. Worth noting that he appeared on the Today Show in that interview, which is also on NBC, and the show that he's working at is also on NBC. How much is the check, Terry? And then this month, like, of course, they on Twitter, it's a little back and forth. Ted Cruz, this man goes out, he tweets, there's only one woman on earth I have to please. Her name is Rebecca, not my mother, not my sister. Not my daughters, not my co-workers. I'll leave that to their husband, boyfriends, and partners to take care of them. Rebecca gives me wings. What the fuck does that mean for real? But this what threw me off. This man asked his wife what should he do about it. His wife said, if Gabrielle didn't put out a statement, why are you talking? But you decided to go on Twitter and talk like what? My dude, you just proving to me you're the coon that you said. Like, bro, you're a coon. Uh, that it just messed up, and that goes to the previous problems I have with that girl that think like black men be showing why they the weakest link sometimes when situations like this. Like, you did not have to go against any. You could have just been like, I. Those were my experiences, or I didn't know what was going on. Like something. But you blatantly went against what the hell she's claiming she's experienced purposely. Like you sitting up there smiling and laughing and chugging. Like, bro, that's lame as hell to me. To me. Like, you look like you don't give a fuck. But that, like, to me, that's lame, bro. As a black man, you should be wanting to defend a black woman. And, like, that's problematic because historically, like, black women have always, always been there. We could talk about the. Democratic election past couple years. We can talk about goddamn civil rights movement. We can talk about anything that involves like the progression of us. And they always right there. But it's always the black Nick Clarence Thomas, motherfucking Ben Car. It's always one of us that want to motherfucking shut the job. Like, I'm tired of y'all, bro. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to say. Um, <laughs> if I bring the mic closer to me. Um, no, nah, I mean, I don't really have kind of any thoughts besides what you said. I mean, I think it's just a thing of Terry Crews chose the check over, like, just calling out probably what he knows is true or denying another person's experience. Like, I think he... Could have been right and said, like, that wasn't my experience. But at the same time, in this industry, in this time, I'm not surprised that she alleged she had a different experience that involved sexism and racism. That wasn't my experience because I am a black man. But as a black person, I'm going to believe that other black person when they say I had a experience that was not that was not the same as mine, especially one who's a woman who is dealing with stuff that I don't know. Or that I can't, that I just can't go through. So I think I can't that, attest to it because I ain't experienced. He literally said that in the first statement, but like I think he said that, but he also just <laughs> he said that in the first statement, but then he came over the top and just said like overall in no, general, that's what I'm saying. Like he so said like, that, but then he kind of like it's like he's acknowledging he's acknowledging that she can have a different experience, but then it's saying that there's no way possible that she could exactly. And I think that 
um what is it called deny deny, deny. something like yeah that. i mean like and to like extrapolate that upon like a larger thing i just think it goes to the thing of um you know black men i think we always kind of have this kind of you know, our check. All right, bet we're good. Okay, if it's not happening, if it's not happening to me, then it's not happening. Like I think we kind of get Steve in this. Steve Harvey when he did that to Monique. Anyway, <laughs> no, but I think that's real, and I think that it just goes to a larger thing where I think that black women consistently show up if a black man makes an accusation of sexism in that case or racism or any type Being of assaulted and groped at a party. Right, and I think if ever if a black man ever says that he's aggrieved or wrong i think black women will overwhelmingly of course if it's not just like some crazy shit black women will overwhelmingly get behind and not only just say like hey like i'm here for you but they will elevate their claim and make it an issue that needs to be addressed and meanwhile on the flip side i think in hollywood black men consistently say i'm not even going to acknowledge your issue but i'm going you to say in hollywood in Hollywood and in general. But oh, I, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. I just want you to clarify. And I think that black men have a history of just saying, I'm not even going to acknowledge your issue. I'm going to say it's not true. I'm going to say that your experience is not real. Yep. It's gaslighting. And yep. I think that we need to have that conversation about why do we not stand up for people when they say that they're sexually assaulted? Why do we not stand up for women when they say that, hey, I'm not getting paid less? Well, I can't. You know, it's like we're, we acknowledge... I think black men kind of have mastered the art of acknowledging something but not being able to actually act upon it or actually speak about it with any type of force that it impacts them as well. Where if a black man is agreeing, I think black women say like, his struggle is my struggle and this is all for the greater good. Where I think black men consistently say, that's not my struggle. I don't know what she was dealing with, but I'm good where I am. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a conversation that we need to have and i think that's a conversation that terry cruz should have with somebody else, a black man preferably not steve harvey <laughs> man <laughs> um yeah lots a lots in it. this is an entertainment heavy episode today because we're gonna go super political on this live show uh what's next or you want to get into the heads up heads up, man. heads up all right so i got this one guys uh so the iowa caucuses uh are on monday uh, everyone should be on the lookout for that. I have my own issues with the Iowa caucus for multiple reasons that can be stated at a later time. Um, but 538, one of my favorite websites, uh, they did their projection model. I encourage everyone to go look at this. Their latest projection model, which I took on Wednesday morning, has Sanders at in the lead at 28%, Biden at 27%, Buttigieg, excuse me, at 20%, Warren at 15%, Klobuchar at 8 this is, uh, from what 538 showed, will be the uh, most heavily contested Iowa caucus in possibly decades where we have four candidates who can walk away with delegates. Henry, I don't know how you feel about kind of this, but it seems like what happens on this night will have an impact on what happens in the general election. So that's just something to keep your head up for. That's always the case, though. Yeah, I mean, people will... In normally in history, people drop out if they do bad in Iowa because they know that they don't have a path. And normally, for Democrats, especially, we kind of spoke on that last episode when we was basically saying like they should probably you know not start with Iowa, right? (laughs) Uh, They still should. But I just think it's worth noting because this, like, as much as I have an issue with Iowa, this is Sanders is uh, 
projected to do better than Biden. You didn't just hear me just say that? I was like, listen to Fabrizio too. I'm sorry, listeners. At least I clarified for you. Double take. So that's just something to be on the lookout for. As much as Iowa, I think is rightful is as much as Iowa, I don't think should be first. I think it does. It does have weight, and that it does decide elections. So moving on, uh, Trump once again, as Henry would always say, is doing exactly what he said he would. Uh, so last week, Trump confirms he planned to expand his travel ban, which permits Iran, which currently permits Iran, Libya, Syria, Somalia, and Yemen from entering the United States. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of that ban in a 5-4 vote in 2018. The, tr- the countries that are being considered, uh, and I'll let Henry kind of find out which country uh, will jump out of him. The countries being considered are Belarus, Burma, Eritrea, uh, Kazakhstan, Sudan, to, uh, Tanzania, and Nigeria. Uh, that could be huge in terms of just saying we're just going to annex countries that don't have anything to do with what this initial ban was, even though the initial ban should be unconstitutional. Um, That's just something to rule out for. And Monday, the Supreme Court basically ruled to make it harder for immigrants to obtain permanent residency or green cards if they've used public benefits such as food stamps or Medicaid. So once again, Trump is basically trying to put the clamps on uh, basically black and brown people from becoming U.S. citizens. And that's just something that should be said because I don't see see immigrants from Norway. It really, <laughs> it really bothers me. This better? <laughs> no. This bother. It bothers me that like this can this actually, it's actually happening. We have a judiciary like like system that's allowing it to happen. Yeah. It's like, bro, come on, like what, dude? What is America? Like what? Yeah, so we could just start doing whatever we want, and that's cool. So I think that's just something worth no. That's just something worth talking about, and also another reason why I think we need to talk about Supreme Court uh, terms. Uh, now we're gonna move on to let's start a petition for that. What's really going on? So let's get on. <laughs> uh, so now I'm gonna talk about the coronavirus um, that's been in the news a lot recently. But I think a lot of people, including myself, before I looked it up, I didn't really know what the coronavirus was, what it is, what's going on with it. Right, that shit sound like a regular damn flu for real. So let's talk about it. Just so more deadly. The what? Um, it's a member of the um, coronavirus. Uh, it's a member of the corona family that has never been encountered before. Many people who are infected worked or shopped at a seafood market in, uh, I think it's pronounced Wuhan, China, which sold live and newly slaughtered animals. Uh, the virus causes basically symptoms that are related to pneumonia. The impact, uh, it's largely spread through human contact and Chinese officials identified 6,000 cases and 132 deaths due to the virus. Other officials have said that China is kind of being a little bit bullish on their numbers and kind of not giving the full scope. So there's a little bit of debate about that. That's what Chinese health officials have said. Um, The virus has spread through provinces in China and has been confirmed in other Asian countries and the United States. Uh, it is worth noting that the virus has been hitting the elderly and children the hardest, also to be considered those with the weakest immune systems. In terms of where we go from here, health experts um, have worked to calm fear, saying that the virus is not is that the virus spreading is not unexpected. If it increases, the World Health Organization will declare a health emergency of international concern. Um, as of now, my feeling is that this is going to be like Ebola, where everyone kind of gets up in a hissy about it but in the end 
does anything happen c- c- compared to what how we're talking about it? I I have not seen. I don't feel that way yet. After reading about it, I don't feel that way yet. The CDC officially cleared it like a. Um, they did the same thing with Ebola. They like declared like an official like thing. They're like, right. A, a put out alert. So like, you know, me and my mom was <laughs> on the phone. She's like, boy, they make up a new disease every two years to eliminate some of us. You know that? I'm on that hotel stuff. I was like, girl, yeah. I agree with her. Hotel Henry had entered the chat. But not for real, for real, for real, for real. Um, I mean, I just think it's crazy. I pray, like, I've been like paranoid because they have allegedly found like three club cases near where I like one in Maryland it was like three Virginia or something I'm like whoa it's too close to home baby I went and got me some hand sanitizer I've been wearing masks and stuff no uh uh-uh. uh it has not reset for you listen we'll give an I got allergies I try to take my vitamins I forget to take them sometimes like I ain't playing with that no baby I got a life to live even though climate change will kill us all but I preach, live, preach. <laughs> so we'll keep y'all posted on that. Finally, we're gonna end this on a good note. Boy, uh, this was a good end. This, you need to go see that bad boys. In br- go ahead. <laughs> the everyone should see my laptop. The like bars in which like it gets bigger for a lot of sound. It's y'all. Need to, y'all need to uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just so, making sure y'all still listening. If their ears ain't bleeding. <laughs> uh, so the film Bad Boys 3, the film starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, has officially reached over 100 million in domestic box office sales and 200 million worldwide. Uh, as of today, Bad Boys for Life is the highest grossing domestic film. You better do that. In 2020 so you, far. So that is, that is the power of that. I, that was like the most well produced movie I have seen in a literally the a long time. Wasn't better than the second one. The fuck it was, This movie was good. Better than the second one. Because the storyline was not predictable. The acting was good. It gave you drama. It gave you comedy. Got all of that. Bruh. And I was surprised by Mari. Because I thought he was going to come back and be on some BS. That was the one of his best works, boy. And Will Smith, he was still getting them action scenes off. When that's, bro, that was a, that was a good movie. I just don't think it's better than the second one. Better than the second one. We can play rock, paper, scissors over it or something, but I think, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> one, two, three. One, two, three. Dude. <laughs> All right, anywho. Bad boys for life, baby. That's episode number. 41. We appreciate y'all for checking in and listening. We appreciate y'all for, party. you know what I said, participating, tolerating my loud voice, all of that. Of course, Hotep Henry started episode 41. We made the, we made the note. So, <laughs> uh-huh. Make so, sure you follow yep. us on Twitter at underscore what's WRGO. Instagram was really going. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what's really going on? Live Blue, show. Like, the little blue microphone. Make sure you subscribe, comment, like, favorite, share, tweet, retweet, Facebook, all that, TikTok. Oh yeah, all that. You on that trailer? And now, make sure if you're in the DMV area, you pull up on that. 
February 12th, Southeast Neighborhood Library. We're going to have flyers out. Mm-hmm. We're going to have that nail you out. Yeah. We're going to be giving all the goodies away. And it's Black History Month. Yeah. Come get you some politicking. Come get you some history. Come get you some culture. Because you know what i But for real, y'all pull up. February 12th, Southeast Library Live Show. We would appreciate it. And we out, you know? Playing from Henry's MacBook Air. Alexa, shut up! Just shut up. Shut up. <laughs>